Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. I absolutely love Babbel because their courses help me learn real-life conversational skills. It's so easy to learn how to order food, ask for directions, speak to the locals without having to consult language apps. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time offer for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners, at babbel.com SPP. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com SPP. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com SPP. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, we're going to get to the episode here in a second, but as you all know, our number one goal and priority is to bring you the best show possible. In order to do that, we need to know what you think, and we're willing to pay you for it. That's right. Here's the deal. Go to smartpeoplepodcast.com slash survey and take our quick nine question survey that will help us learn from what you want. We're going to be giving out a handful of $20 Amazon gift cards. This could literally be the fastest 20 bucks you've ever made, all in the name of making a better podcast. So please go to smartpeoplepodcast.com slash survey and let us know what you think a podcast where we talk to smart people, but not necessarily done by smart people. That is an awesome question. This one goes down probably on one of my top five. Hey, I like nutrition. I like to eat food. This is the coolest thing ever. We're going to do this forever. I wish I paid more attention in that class. You know, I'm going to be honest. I don't understand that. As a man, I just, I don't get it. Hey, everybody. This is another episode of Smart People Podcast. Happy to have you on. I am one of your hosts, Chris Stem. And I'm the other host, John Rojas. Guys, I want to say two quick things. One is we asked, you responded. John has been asking for ratings on iTunes, and you guys have been coming out killing that. So we're really appreciative of that. The other thing is, you guys have been letting us know what you think of the show. Lots of great feedback, both good and bad. And one of the things is, hey, guys, try and keep the intro a little short. Get straight to the message. So that is our goal. One of the things we're going to work on, keeping it short. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to you, John. Tell them about our guest this week. This week, we're talking to Mark Ostrovsky. He is a New York Times bestselling author. He wrote Get Rich Click and his new book, Word of Mouse. That's 
M O U S E. Yeah, and it's also get rich click, as in C L I C K. He's ha- a big fan of the puns. I have to like. admit, I don't know how I feel about those. You know, the 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 actual title. Well, you know, he's not picking them probably. Right, but when it comes down to the content, everybody wants to know this stuff. It's how to make money online in a number of ways. It's also how to find good content, good apps, just really how to use the internet and technology to the best of your ability in a confusing world. Really, there's some insightful stuff. You'll see it in the interview and on the book if you want to check that out. Yeah, he's been involved in like the internet industry. He's a venture capitalist. He's done all kinds of cool stuff. He's made a lot of money a lot of different ways, and he's just trying to share his insight with people. Yeah, a couple, couple hundred million dollars, I do believe. But he talks about it in the interview. So again, guys, thanks for all your help. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe. That's huge. Check us out on Twitter at SmartPeoplePod. Go over to SmartPeoplePodcast.com. You know what to do there. We have the Amazon banner, posts about all the different episodes and guests that we have on. So that's all we got for you. Enjoy the episode. Mark, thanks so much for being on the show. Really glad to have you on and talk about the technology that's coming at us at a ridiculous rate and love learning from those that have managed to harness it, which I believe you have done. Would you say that's the truth? Well, I'm one of the people who's figured out parts of it, and I'm more so uh, someone who can explain in some detail different ways to use the technology in a non-technological way. That is, I'm not a technology person, so that makes it good that once I understand it, I can explain it to other non-technology people. Well, that's a good point. If, For example, if you were speaking in HTML language or something, I, I know I wouldn't understand it. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I look at it. So when someone says something, I actually have the nerve to say, stop, explain it again, explain it so I can understand it. Because it's like talking Chinese. If you don't speak Chinese, you don't get it. Absolutely. And um, that's why I really wanted to have you on because that's how I feel most of the time. There's too much out there. So I want to dive into that. But first, I kind of wanted to find out how you got into this. Talk about, you know, I know you own a bunch of companies and wanted to get your background a little bit. A marketing person by nature. I started a number of industries, the private payphone industry, the voicemail industry, the prepaid cellular industry, the 900 industry. All of these markets were starting up. I was one of the founders or an initial player in all of those, call center technology. And what I did is is when I saw a market that was coming out of deregulation and needed a lot of explaining, I would start a magazine and a trade show to explain to buyers about sellers' technologies, to explain sellers' technologies to buyers so that the two people or the two organizations could meet in the middle. And typically that meant they would have to pay me to go to my website, read my magazine, read my newsletter, or come to my trade show. And so I created companies that I sold for $50 million plus several times. I mean, that's such an interesting path to go down. Where did that come from? Where did this idea of let's be ahead of the curve, let's be on these new trends, where did that all come into play? Well, it was by accident when the payphone industry deregulated. I wanted to get in the payphone industry, and there was no industry newsletter or magazine. So I got all this information, and someone said, if you'll publish that in a newsletter, I would subscribe to that. And as an entrepreneur, that meant, wow, maybe I could make a few bucks. 
So uh, suddenly I was getting mailbox money. I put out a newsletter. I went to a trade show. I handed it out. And the next week I was getting thousands of dollars in the mailbox for subscriptions. I suddenly had a newsletter. I found out if you took an advertisement, you could make a lot more money than just the subscribers. And my newsletter quickly became a magazine. And then I sponsored a payphone trade show. Suddenly I had a magazine and a trade show that I bought into. And then I took over and bought that trade show from him. So I had a magazine and a trade show on the deregulated public telephone market. And once you were in that and you understood that buyers were willing to pay to get data on sellers and vice versa, there were just it was just looking for new markets that were opening up. And now I know you, from what I read at least, you made a lot of your income in buying and selling domain names. And I was well, wondering I made, if you still do that or what you think about that industry. The answer is I made a lot of money, but it wasn't a lot of my income because uh, I already had a pretty good income after selling those companes. Mm. But I did probably $20 million worth of domain name sales over a number of years. And the reality is domain names, I found out early on, are nothing more than the real estate of the internet. And if the world is buying and selling and meeting on the internet, then the domain name is the location they find you. And having the right domain name is a piece of real estate. Hmm. So the right real, real estate could be worth a lot more money from one person to another. You know, because that seems like something that was part of the the Internet bubble. You know, I haven't thought about the trading of domain names in a while. But when you look at it like that, if it's similar to real estate, technically it can keep going. It could still be a, a big market. Is that the case? I got offered six names this morning for $300,000. Wow. Today. Wow. It the domain names trade every single day of every single year in the future. They will continue. So a great domain, we own cufflinks.com and it's an operating company and someone wants to sell me antiquecufflinks.com. You would know cufflinks.com is worth a lot more money than antique cufflinks just by sheer understanding of, of the words. But there is some small value that antique cufflinks could give someone who wants to sell antique cufflinks. How do you value that? I mean, it's not like a, well, I mean, there is a cash inflow, obviously, per websites, but it's got to be a completely different beast than looking at an apartment complex where you know what the rents are going to be. That's exactly correct. It could be worth $5 or 500000 So it's all based on what's it, up, what's it worth to the buyer. And usually the buyers that are sophisticated look at the metrics so an unsophisticated buyer will say it's worth from 100 to 1000 or 1500 just because they want to own it and it's just a feat has nothing to do with the traffic. But when you get into the 50,000 to 500,000 range, you don't want to make a screw up and you're going to look at the traffic that that domain gets and if it's an operating site, the conversion that that domain gets and anything else you can get on the traffic patterns to decide what's the value of that asset to your operation. Now, have you dabbled at all in buying a domain name and then trying to drive traffic and then reselling it, which I would equate to basically buying a building, trying to lease it up and sell it? Yeah, the answer is no. I, if I buy them, I typically hold them to build or I end up selling them. There's a few times I've sold them. I did a trade with someone for a domain. They wanted this, I wanted there, so we traded. And then the one I had, I flipped for a whole lot of money. 
So it was lucky that someone wanted to pay me well into the six digits for that name I traded for. But the reality is there's a lot of guesswork and a lot of strategic planning in owning, building, operating, or leasing domain names because it's traffic. And the more traffic you get to a website, the more business you're going to do. The last question on this I have for you is what is considered a healthy amount of traffic? I mean, obviously it varies, but for somebody that has no idea, is it a thousand? Is it a hundred thousand? Is it a million? Well, that's arbitrary. If you get, if you sell large values of real estate, you get the right one person. It only takes one to be the buyer, but you equate it to pay per click. So if you're going to Google and you're buying the term cufflinks and it's costing you a dollar a click and you spend a thousand clicks a month for a thousand dollars, if the domain you're buying gets a hundred clicks, you can pretty well equate what the clicks are worth. But owning the actual asset is very valuable if you're putting a company on top of it. So if I own abcdefcufflinks.com and I did a million dollars a year and I owned cufflinks.com and I did a million dollars a year, selling my name would be a lot easier than selling the abcdefcufflinks.com name. Make sense? Yeah, definitely. That's interesting. It's definitely a, an entire industry that I hadn't really thought of much until I kind of looked into your background and I know you sold business.com, which seems like, I mean, that must have been the first web address ever. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was one of the largest, it was the largest in the Guinness Book of Records for many years. Uh, business.com, I paid 150000 to buy. The press said I was a crazy person. Uh, they wrote, a fool and his money were just parted in one of the headlines. And then I flipped it for seven and a half million. That's absurd. <laughs> I really, but congratulations. I mean, that's, that's really impressive. And then it's probably worth multiples of that at this point now, right? Well, to be more absurd, in my contract, we put, I have the right to invest in your company over a three-year period, which is called a put right, P-U-T. And if you know how to invest and how these deals go down, you say, I want to put right. I have a right to give you back three and a half million of your seven and a half million and buy stock in your company. So three years into it, I put it back to them. And that three million was worth 10 because <laughs> they sold the company for 345 million. That's some incredible stuff. I wanted to move on to your newest book, Word of Mouse, 101 Trends in How We Buy, Sell, Live, Learn, Work, and Play. And what I really loved in checking out the book and the reviews and reading things about it is you talk a lot about how to simplify or leverage technology, which is something that it's just so difficult with all the stuff we have. So I was hoping you could tell us a little bit more about what you found through writing this book, and then we can work on passing some of that knowledge along to our listeners. Well, it's, it's not that it's difficult. It's that it's overwhelming. They're different. Difficult is I don't know how to do it. Overwhelming is I can't learn it all fast enough. So, for instance, I live in Aspen, Colorado. I bought my home while sitting at a movie theater on an iPad. The contract came in. I was sitting on the back row because I knew it'd be light. I opened it under in a software called DocuSign, which is what realtors are using to sell homes quickly. Instead of all the paperwork, they send it to you on a PDF in a secured document feeder called DocuSign. It's an app. You open it, 
you sign it with your fingernail and it's just like a legal document. You can now do that with a software called SignNow, S-I-G-N-N-O-W, and you can literally have a contract sent to your iPhone, open it on your iPhone, sign it with your fingernail and hit return and never have to print it out, sign it, scan it and send it back. You can just do it all in one swoop to an iPhone. So it's not that it's difficult, it's that it's overwhelming. But once you see it, learn it, hear it and understand it, you go, oh my God, this is Nirvana, I love it. And the whole book is full of ideas like that that you'll walk away and go, God, this is great, I hadn't know you could do this. That's a perfect distinction to make. And that is the one that is the most difficult. I, I completely agree. I mean, anytime I put my mind to, and I'm sure most people out there really wanting to understand some app, some aspect of technology, you can do it. But if you just go on Lifehacker or something like that, there's 50 things to learn. They all seem interesting. And then it's too much and you don't do anything. Yeah, right. You get overwhelmed. Look, I tell people you're the average of the five friends you hang out with. Now, that can mean when you're doing financial stuff, you want to hang out with your financial friends. When you're doing investing stuff, hang out with better people that are you at financing. When you want to learn about apps, hang out with people who are into apps. It really does work. So I learn every week of a new app. My current favorite is one called Photo to PDF. I take a picture of the documents I need to send. I take all the pictures within the one app. I hit send and my receiver receives the entire document as a PDF, as if I had printed out, signed it, scanned it, and mailed it back. But in essence, all I did was take a picture of the documents and send the scans. It's so funny how useful things like that are. Literally, last night, I had, a, I had to get a contract to a client, and I used something called Cam Scanner, and it's similar to that. It's not quite as easy, but I was just thinking, nobody needs to own scanners anymore just because of an iPhone. That's crazy. That's correct. We like to send physical cards. And so sometimes you get people telling you to buy send out cards and some of these other card services. Well, the other day I got an, a lead on an app called Cards, C-A-R-D-S. And I bought it for, I think, a dollar, $2 at the most. I opened the app. It says, upload a picture. I uploaded a picture of my family. Who do you want to send it to? I sent it to my wife. What do you want to say? I wrote, I love you. This card was sent on, let me get, August 7th. Let me know when you get it. I sent, send it to her. I filled out the address and she got a physical card in the mail five days later with a stamp on it with a picture of our family that said, well, uh, this card was sent from this app because that's what I put on there on August 7th so I could know when it rece was received. Physical card. Now, that's pretty amazing. That really is. I love that. And you could use that as a business to thank people in an instant. That's a that's genius. You, you could have a thousand apps come out specializing in 20 ways to say thank you in the real estate market and have cards relative to real estate people. That's the way this app could be done if you want to clone what they're doing. Pretty idea. They haven't got a lot of selections yet. But the idea was phenomenal, and the three two ninety nine included the stamp and the envelope and the card. You I didn't have to take the time to do it. You can't even buy a regular Hallmark card for that much. What other things, aside from apps, have you 
found out can be extremely useful, and it might even be ways of navigating the internet or technology that people oftentimes aren't aware of. Well, there's, it's not that we're not aware of it, but it's a lot of times you got to see it, hear it, touch it, feel it, and have someone explain it in a very simplified fashion before you say, oh my God, yes, I now understand how I can take that idea, product, service, technology, and apply it to my world. People don't relate until it affects them. And I say that because you could see it a hundred times, but if you, you didn't realize how it could affect you, you wouldn't use it. So for instance, there's a product called Siva, C-E-I-V-A, and it's an electronic photo frame. It's a photography frame. It's got, a, you hook it up, you plug a line into it so it has access to the internet. It dials in every night to see if there's any new pictures it should be showing on its frame. Now that product came to me 15 years ago and it was so far ahead of its time, no one related to it. But the reason that works is imagine you have a new baby. You send the frame out to your parents who live in another city and every time you take a new picture, they're going to see it on their frame in their home. It's mind-blowing because that is such a cool piece of technology. I consider myself fairly up to speed, and I've never heard of it. Siva, C-E-I-V-A. Look that, it up. That's awesome. No, I'm, I'm definitely going to. You know, I know one thing you talk about in Word of Mouse is how to get the best bargains. And that's something that the Internet has completely changed. I, just, I was just buying a plane ticket the other day. It took me three days because I was looking at so many sites. So I was wondering what kind of bargain shopping tips you have. Well, we all know about Groupon and Living Social. Those are easy to grasp and understand. I like to tell people the following story. Whenever my kids wanted a pizza, the rule was you could order a pizza online, but you better attach an e-coupon or you can't order the pizza because the coupons make it half price on pizza and any other high ticket items that have high margin, excuse me, high margin items, you can always find a, a coupon if you just take 10 seconds to look it up. So when you're on a website and it says, enter your coupon code here, you immediately stop, open another browser and look for a coupon code for that website. 99 out of 100 times, you'll find some kind of a five to 20% discount code for that website for what you just bought. It's really interesting, and I've seen those, obviously, all the time. I don't think I give them enough credence, but I know that, for example, flower companies, they're always sending coupons and everything like that. Right. I also like Red Laser. Red Laser is an app that is a shopping app that compares online and offline prices. So if you're at Best Buy and you want to buy something, you take it, take a picture of the barcode within the app, Open the app, point it at the barcode. It will tell you this refrigerator that you're looking at is $899, but it's $699 two blocks away. Now, when you have these apps and, you know, these things that are really useful, I guess, how do you find them in the first place? Is there a way you sort through apps? Is there a site you go to that ranks them? Is it all word of mouth per se? You know, how do you, how do you find those out? Well, let's be sure we know everyone hears it as word of mouse, M-O-U-S-E. They don't go looking for the wrong book. But it, I, it's really word of mouth and word of mouse. I talk to people 
and I read online, what are the best, go into Google and type in best shopping comparison sites, best shopping comparison apps. Every week, something new comes on the market that beats the one before. I call it technology leapfrogging. And you invent A and I take A and use it to invent B and then someone takes it to invent C. Hmm. Now, they did that with phones until we came up with the iPhone and even iPhone is reinventing itself every few years. And then all the other phones are coming out doing better and better. It's the same with apps, websites, and other technologies. So you've got to know what you don't know. And I say that because it's kind of my mantra. Know what you do not know. Now, people say, how do you know what you don't know? That's impossible. No, it's not. You know you're not a good lawyer, so you hire a lawyer. You know you're not a good CPA, so you hire a CPA. You know you're not good at knowing all the apps. So go look where the good at people who are good at it are listing all the good apps. Learn how to search and how to look for what you're looking for so that you become a de facto expert on anything just by knowing how to search for it. That makes sense. In, in word of mouth, you talk about 101 trends. And I think there's a big differentiation between a trend and a product. I was wondering what kind of trends you see and you discuss the most in there that are very pertinent today. Well, one of the biggest trends that is affecting families is online learning. It's going to blow up small colleges and universities because the facts are facts. And the facts are kids learn better by looking at a screen than they do from a professor. That's a pretty big problem. So what do you do if you've got a small college or university and your kids are spending too much money to get there and stay there, and yet the facts are proven that if they were staying at home watching a screen, they could learn more. So it's going to change. I don't know how it's going to change, but it seems obvious, painfully obvious, I would rather learn physics from the best physics professor who can get it in my brain, whether it's in front of him or on a computer or going to a teleclass once a week or a video or a CD. Why learn from a third-rate professor when you can get to a first-rate professor for a whole lot less money? So the major universities are getting the smartest brains, and they're starting to record them so that they can get them online. Talk about a shift. That's a pretty big one. Yeah, I've seen those in the iTunes, what is iTunes U, I think it's called. And as soon as I found it, I just downloaded a hundred of them. I, I probably watched 10%, but I was just like, oh my gosh, I have access to all these really cool people that I'll never have access to. That's correct. And and you're you see, what's interesting is you're learning, you learn one new really cool thing, let's say a day or a week. So do I. So does your your mother, your brother, your sister. And when you share. You're all gathering each other's knowledge and everyone's gathering everyone else's knowledge. So what's happening is those that accept change and understand what's going on are getting faster, are getting smarter faster than those that aren't willing to accept it and network with each other. The kids in Silicon Valley are killing the rest of us because they're getting the, every one of their friends is giving them all the new things going on before it even hits the market. Right. Right. So the better, when they say the rich get richer, that includes brains. The better brains are getting more data, faster, quicker, better. And it's pretty hard to, to compete if you don't realize that that's happening. 
So I tell people, my dad used to say, there's a quote in the book. My dad used to say, if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll keep getting what you've always gotten. The problem with that is that may work for losing weight, meaning you eat less and you work out more. But other than losing weight in the world that we live in, if you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to get less than you've always gotten because your competitors are going to get more. And that's a big difference. And it could be a hierarchical change in the way you operate. Your business could be doing great today, but if an internet app comes out, let's say your American greeting cards, and I can show people how to send a greeting card faster, quicker, better, smarter, and cheaper, I have a feeling if you don't change pretty damn quick, you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to have a problem. Yeah, and you know, I saw something the other day about one of the big board game manufacturers or you know creators, I can't think of which one, but they they're struggling because people just don't open up board games anymore. It just doesn't happen that you can just throw on an iPad or whatever and have millions of games at your disposal. Did you talk about the gaming industry at all in your book? Gaming is not an area that I covered in a big way because my book is not aimed at gamers. It's aimed at trends and people who want to understand the social changes that are going on. We do have a section on how, uh, how life is changing in the way that we play. Mm -hmm. So it did talk about the lady who I was working with on this book, and she was my editor, and she said for her daughter's birthday, she gave her a Barbie dream townhouse, and then the next thing she knew, the girl was online using 3D movies and 3D glasses and had no interest in her Barbie dolls anymore. If you as a consumer products company don't realize what's going on and it's going on really, really, really quickly and fast and the change is happening at light speed, you are have got a big problem. So you got to know what you don't know. And what they don't know is where's our market going to go in three to five to 10 years and how do we reposition to get there? And that's when I say, know what you don't know and bring in people who do know what you don't know. And it's important, whether it's, it's you and I about apps or the latest software to change the way we operate and say, well, I've always done it this way. This manual typewriter puts the words on the page and the guy next to me is spitting out a thousand pages in the time it takes me to type five. It's so true. I just, it's tough to, to even think about. And when you talk about selling things on the internet or making money on the internet, do you see any trends? Obviously, you've done a killer job at this for years. What do you see is coming up now? What's next? What can people look at and maybe learn a little more about? Well, what I, what I would talk about is I'm going to list you very quickly right out of my book, uh, uh, my favorite statements, and see how you, this kind of hits home. Okay. In the past, we had telephone, mail, email, fax, newspaper, magazine, billboard, television, radio, books, colleges, universities, and movies. Now we have Skype, instant messaging, texting, social media, YouTube, YouTube videos, of course, smartphones, websites, video conferencing, and online colleges. Now, that's yesterday and today. Here's tomorrow. GPS-enabled smart devices, wireless everything. You're talking about things like refrigerators that call your email and say we're out of milk or the milk is eight days old. 
because it scanned it when it went in and it knows the last time you scanned your milk was eight days ago. Holographic images on everything, virtual and augmented reality, everything on demand. They'll build you a computer on demand. Paying for everything with your cell phone, everything connected to the internet, including things like implants. I mean, just those statements of what we had, where we are and where it's going are kind of freaky, but it's exactly what word of mouse is all about. It's explaining where we were, where we are, and where we're going in a very simplified fashion for anybody. So it makes it a, the kind of thing I would give my mother and father because it takes the things that you and I are doing here on Skype and explains to them, here's what it is and how it works and why it's working so well. And they won't relate until they see their grandchildren on a Skype video call. Then they'll never want to give it up. It's really funny, actually. My brother recently, him and his wife had a baby, and now I don't even call them anymore. I FaceTime only. You know, that's basically the go-to. They live in Los Angeles. And it's it's such a normal part of life now. Just to think about how different those things are, how far those things have come, and they can connect us like that. I can't even imagine what's up next until, you know, you just listed a bunch of things that are coming up next, hopefully. How about I have identical twins that just graduated college and they never called each other on their cell phone during the four years of college. They only texted each other. (laughs) They never called. They never talked. They never needed to. Right. Oh my God. Is that a different scenario? It's really, really, really weird and changing fast. And this book is kind of an encapsulation of where we are in time and what's coming in the, in the foreseeable future. So you're one of the people that knows it instead of saying, Wow, I didn't know that. That's why I wrote the book. In terms of staying power, you know, if if these are the trends now, are you talking about things coming up? So it'll, you know, we can look in six months, a year, and hopefully still be able to utilize the things that you talk about in word of mouth. Well, absolutely. It, it, look, this is not, it's going to be a tectonic shift in one day or one week. This is happening every day. Little bits are being pecked away. Little things are changing. You don't call anymore. You FaceTime. That's your new average. I don't even do that every day because I used to find I wasn't in a, in a Wi-Fi connected area. So that hasn't hit my everyday need. Everyone has a different norm for themselves, but there's a lot of people that aren't changing their norm in any way, shape or form. That's a big deal. So you got these kids that are blowing past the rest of us because they're growing up digital. They don't know. You know, I had, you may laugh. I don't know how old you are. (laughs) I had lunch yesterday with the daughter of Kenny Rogers. (laughs) And it just happened. That's Kenny Rogers' daughter. And I introduced her to my daughter who's 25. And my daughter looked at me and said, who's Kenny Rogers? I do know Kenny Rogers, but uh, but not too well. I just I think I know him because I've seen him on a CD cover when I was like 10. (laughs) He sang the song called The Gambler. No one to hold him and no one. to Ah, Yes, there you go. So it's really funny. But every once in a while you get slapped in the face and say, oh, my God, how could I have not known that? But there's so many things changing so fast. You just got to get them one at a time. And that's why I like to talk about apps because people get it. They know how to download them and they instantly know how to use them because our dear departed friend, Steve, demanded that it be so dummy simple and you use your finger as the mouse that everything that's on there 
works and it works very fairly well in a very simplified fashion. Well, it's so true. And Mark, I know we've, you know, we've gone a little past our time, but I really enjoyed talking to you. I think this stuff and everyone listening will agree, you know, we need to, we need to harness it while it's out there. We need to understand it and be able to digest it in a way that makes sense. Word of mouth definitely does that. Where else can our listeners go to find out about, you know, the book or other things you're writing or learn from what you do, all that good stuff? Well, number one, word of mouse and M-O-U-S-E, you can go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble. You pre-order it. It'll be out second week of September. That's first. If you want more on how to make money online, the other book is called Get Rich Click. That book is a New York Times bestseller. We never did talk about the different businesses, but I, my own companies do $125 million a year this year in the internet. Wow. Most of it, I have no product, no inventory, and no warehouse. We just learned how to make money off the internet and let other people do the work and we simply get the money. Sounds like a nice gig. That's where the Get Rich Click book came from. Word of Mouse is this is the new version of that with a lot more about trends and technology trends. So wordofmouse.com and uh, getrichclick.com are the two websites. Fantastic. Fantastic stuff. Well, Mark, again, thank you so much uh, for being on the show and you know, best of luck. I know Get Rich Click is is a fantastic book that people should check out. And Word of Mouse coming out soon. Really looking forward to that one as well. Very good. Let me know if I can help in any way. Absolutely. Thanks again. Have a great night. Thank you, sir. All righty. Bye-bye. That was Mark Ostrovsky. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Again, many thanks for all the reviews, tweets, emails, everything that you guys do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. We really do appreciate it. You know, we talked about how we were going to keep the intro short, but nobody said anything about the outro. So this is going to be 35 minute. Yeah, outro. John, you want to tell them about your day or your vacation? I was in Tennessee. I'm going to leave it at that. It was awesome. <laughs> Family vacation. Actually, lots that, of sun. That's why John doesn't ask any questions in that episode. He wasn't on the show. Yeah, I was not there. Probably should have addressed that. So what else? Uh, it's a nice day. No, I'm just kidding. Guys, again, keep it coming. Let us know. Email us. It's been so fun. We, uh, we've been having legitimate email conversations with listeners, and it's you know a learning experience for everyone. A lot of good recommendations. And when you tweet the guest, that's so cool. Love, love hearing that. So you can you know say, hey, I heard you on at Smart People Pod, at whoever our guest is. And we'll let you know who that is, obviously, on the show. So that's all I got for you. We have continually amazing guests coming up, a bunch in the vault of episodes. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week, same time, same place, smartpeoplepodcast.com. Smart